BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Let's do the back half here. Two stories we need to talk about. First up. Democratic leaders in Illinois are uh, a bit at odds at the moment when it comes to their House Speaker, Michael Joseph Madigan. By the way, no new names to report at the moment and no one waiting outside to jump on that bus waiting to roll over our House Speaker. I'm sure we'll have a few more come Tuesday. But, Ben, we do have breaking news. (laughs) Right now, in my face, a story about Democratic unity in Illinois. We need a little unity, you know, a good unity story. The following comes from the meanest Illinois political bulldog in the yard. Yes, Rich Miller of Capital Facts. Go check out Capital Facts. Fantastic source for Illinois news. FAX like a fax machine. All right. After the recent threats towards Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker's daughter this week, damn near every Illinois Democratic House member put out a joint press release. The press release reads, as elected officials, our job is to be accessible to our constituents, even when they vehemently disagree with us and criticize our actions. This criticism must not be allowed to fester into threats against our family. In this unprecedented time of a pandemic and economic crisis, there are many in our communities that want us to take sweeping actions to prevent the spread of COVID-19, yet others want us to scale back the mitigations even at the risk of their health and the health of others. They went on to uh, mention, you know, that situation with the governor and kind of went on to defend the governor. Uh, Just so I understand, I just make sure I didn't quite hear the start of that. Did you say every Democrat, Democratic state representative in the House? Did yeah. you say that? Yeah, I got a list here. Uh, it's Democratic. Says, yes, yes. Not Republican. Nope. Let's just pause to think about that. No Republicans on that list. Nope. Wow. I uh, Let me just... I don't know what you were going to say after that, so I kind of cut you off there. Do you have something else you want to say before no, I do my riff? It's all you, buddy. I mean, this just underscores the point I've been making all along. You know, there's no Republicans on that list. And um, what, you don't care about J.B. Pritzker's family? You don't care if there's like potential threats against somebody because he's a Democrat. Doesn't matter to you. You know, you're awfully silent about every outrage in this age of Trump with MAGA. I mean, getting the Chicago Tribune editorial board to even write about Trump is twisting arms. 
The man has completely violated every norm that Republicans supposedly believe in when it comes to good government. Not a word. Trying to steal an election. Not a word. Making phone calls to the certifiers in Wayne County. Not a word. Calling in representatives and state senators from Michigan to come to the White House to talk them into substituting pro-Trump electors for the ones elected by the people. Not a word. Now we're here in Illinois. We got MAGA in Illinois. Don't pretend we don't. Guys live in Chicago, live in that little blue bubble of yours. You don't know that the rest of the state does not view Trump the way you do. They don't hold him with contempt. They support him. They don't view Pritzker the way you do. They have contempt for him. They consider it tyranny when J.B. Pritzker tries to implement social distancing rules, when he tries to implement wear a mask rules. They consider that an egregious abuse of power. They've gone to court to overturn it. They use heated rhetoric about it. And then this uh, this notion, I think it was the bounty. I think somebody wanted a bounty uh, on where Pritzker's kids would be or where Pritzker's family would be at Thanksgiving. And meanwhile, we got Republicans or MAGA hat wearers up in uh, Michigan arrested for plotting to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, the Democratic governor. Where's the outrage from the Republican Party about that? Oh, a lot of outrage about Michael Joseph Madigan. Michael Joseph Madigan, let us just break this down one more time. Allegedly, allegedly, I don't even think it was bribed by Commonwealth Edison to get legislation passed. Legislation that was supported by Republicans. This is the part of the story that always gets lost. I, I will pound this drum over and over again. Because that legislation would have passed, did pass. Commonwealth Edison didn't have to put anyone in the payroll. It would have passed. I don't think they could ever win that in court to prove that need needed to put Michael Madigan cronies on the payroll to get that legislation passed. It passed with the Republican support. I can't remember. I said this already. The last time Commonwealth Edison rate hike lost because Republicans voted it down. So the notion that somehow or other the Commonwealth Edison needed to quote unquote bribe Michael Madigan to get their legislation passed is a joke. Really, we're talking about a deeper corruption in the state of Illinois, one that's embedded in the minds of operators, Republican and Democrat alike, who think they're somehow on the in if they hire Michael Madigan as their property tax lawyer, if they hire Ed Burke as their property tax lawyer. They're not fighting the machine at that moment. They're complicit with the machine. And then they turn right around, now that's their benefit, and they use Michael Madigan as a pinata, pound him, to destroy all the values, the efforts to implement those values through law that Democrats stand for. So they're phonies and hypocrites. Here we have a case where Pritzker, violent language, essentially, used against Pritzker. Very similar to what's going on in Michigan. And where are the Republicans? See, when Dennis, when you first said that, I thought, oh, did he say Democrat state reps or did he say all the state reps? 
You know, did DB, Darren Bailey, who's now a state senator, did he sign that? Jimmy Durkin, the head of the uh, Republicans in the state house, did he sign that? No. Democrats. All the Republicans united against Mad Dog. They all want Madigan out. But none of them there to uh, just, you know, just on like a human level to stand up for uh, J.P. Pritzker's safety. Yeah, the Republican Party has really sunk low. And I just, guys, I'm not going to be one of those good government reporters in the city of Chicago who closes my eyes to what the Republicans are doing. Outraged by Michael Madigan. I'm still, still not even sure, Dennis, that Michael Madigan, like, did anything wrong in this. I'll say it again. I'm not certain that Commonwealth Edison had to put anybody in the payroll to get that legislation passed. It's just this, this culture of how you do business in the city of Chicago. And I urge everybody, I say it again, city so real, that scene in that penthouse where all these well-to-do, successful people from Chicago are sitting around discussing what's going on in our city and extolling the virtues of Rahm and Ed Burke and how afraid they are of Harold Washington. You know, like another Harold Washington-type politician. It's chaotic. It's unorderly, disorderly. These are the people who will hire Madigan to be a property tax lawyer or hire Ed Burke to be their property tax lawyer. But phonies. We're supposed to be outraged by Michael Madigan. Now we're supposed to be outraged after you hired him as your lawyer. By the way, where are the Republicans who hired Michael Madigan as their property tax lawyer who were only too happy to accept a break in their property taxes so they get to keep more money for themselves? Where are they now coming to his defense? Bunch of phonies and frauds. When you said that, I, I thought, I, I'm like, wait, did he say Democratic or all state reps, but I'm glad we got that clarification. Now, I believe there were some Republicans who did, uh, you know, kind of mention that we don't go for the family. Don't I'm trying to look it up online. Can't find the names, but I remember reading that. So it wasn't a lump sum like, uh, you know, thank Democrats. Thank you. That's so nice of you. That really is nice of you. You know, I know there's a handful of Republicans, too, D, that have, uh, Denounce what Donald Trump is trying to do. So there are a hand. Mitt Romney, give Mitt Romney a shout out. Oh, my lefty. No, Ben, don't. No. Mitt, Mitt Romney, a shout out. He's denounced what Trump's doing. The little Giuliani hair dye dripping. It's not even dye. Hairspray dripping coup. So I get it. I'm thankful for them. I'm just saying as a party. They haven't. St- spoken out about Trump or apparently J.P. Pritzker. All right, we got one more story here. Ben, I actually sent you an email. Um, uh, I need you to pull out that newfangled phone you got there. Check it for me. Uh, Click on the link and you can read along with us. Uh, Guys, and finally, just like our 44th president, Barack Obama, in his long, long, long long-ass memoir, someone else had the writing bug recently. Shout out to Politico for this rich content. Former Chicago mayor and, yes, avid bike rider. I just biked around Lake Michigan, (laughs) nearly a thousand miles. Rahm Emanuel. 
Oh no! Wrote a Politico op-ed. Yes, he did. Uh, ben, did you do you have it pulled up? I'm uh, looking. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at it right now. Yes, all right. It's the first time I've seen this. Let's not seen this. Let's take a look at this here now, because remember, Ben, Rahm Emanuel, he's a writer. Isn't that right, Ben? He's a writer or a writer? He's a bike rider. Both. He's I'm not both. Sure he ever wrote anything. He's a writer and a writer. Well, I'll put it to you this way, D. We've this is one of my favorite topics of discussion. Does has Rahm Emanuel ever written any of the things that he has a byline on? Uh, I say the real question is: Has he ever read any of the things that he has a byline on? Uh, so I do not know if he wrote this one. You know, he's not mayor of Chicago, so he has presumably more time to sit there and write. Okay, but I don't believe he ever wrote anything uh, that had his byline when he was mayor of Chicago. So did he write this one? Well, let me read the first sentence and let you know if it it has the brilliance of Rahm Emanuel. Read read it out loud here. Here we go. When President Barack Obama signed the Affordable Care Act into law in 2010, much to the media. There we go. He's framed. This is classic Rom. Set up a straw man that he can knock down. Here we go. When President, I even read this thing and I'm laughing. All right. Serious bet. Here we go. When President Barack Obama signed the Affordable Care Act into law in 2010, much of the media framed the bill as a vast expansion of the existing social safety net. Because a Medicaid expansion was one of the law's cornerstones, it appeared largely as a benefit for the working poor, which narrow casts its public support of. Since then, however, the nation's reliance on Obamacare's more universal projections, most notably for those with pre-existing conditions, has changed public perception. The ACA has joined Social Security and Medicare in the pantheon of American entitlements. It's popular, and Americans from all walks of life have to come to rely on it. Oh, my God, I can't read anymore. I, uh, sorry, T, he's... I, I I cannot read anymore. I don't. It's so poorly written. He may have written it, D. No, there you go. <laughs> now, what's it like? Uh, you know, uh, when a, when Rom's writing one of these articles, I remember. Uh, oh yeah, a process, we haven't done right? this bit in a while. <laughs> this is from the old days. Oh, yeah. Probably why I got fired from that radio station. Uh, Rom sitting in his basement in his uh, jockey shorts, writing before he went to work. And uh, he's trying to think of the word. He yells up the stairs to his wife, honey, what's another word for like smart? <laughs> honey, <laughs> yelling to his wife as he sits there composing these great ideas. I'm Rahm Emanuel. I'm the mayor of the city of Chicago. I drive the brown line. I <laughs> I'm the one who single handedly saved the schools. And now I'm taking time from my busy schedule to write an essay. Honey. Well, Ben, uh, another word for (laughs) elephant. (laughs) He's a writer, guys. He's really good. And that's sarcasm. But Ben, you are a column writer as well. Uh, Tell everybody uh, what you plan on writing for your uh, Chicago reader column coming up or maybe a reader column that, that, that just came out. Well, I don't know what oh, I'm going to be great. coming up, uh, <laughs> but I do know, I urge everybody to read it. I, uh, I just wrote a column about City So Real. I just went on a riff, a City So Real riff. I'm pretty much obsessed with this movie, D. We had Steve James on 
this week, the maker of the movie. We're going to have Neil Salas Griffin on, who's in the movie. Ricky Hendon uh, will be joining us. Timmy Tutton and Katie Tutton from The Hideout. So we're reaching out to a lot of people who are in the movie. And um, I talk about, uh, in my column, two of the scenes from the movie that just burn in my head. One is the salon scene that I just uh, alluded to, just sort of the complacency and the arrogance and the smugness of the ruling class of Chicago. And uh, how they just, they just kind of like this contemptuous attitude toward the rest of us, you know? You know what I'm saying? Uh, and they just love powerful mayors that they can call on the phone and get them to do whatever they want. Even if it just like screws the rest of us. And then the scene, the amazing scene in that movie uh, with Ricky Hendon and Jamal Green um, battling over uh, whether uh, Jamal's uh, petitions, signatures are valid, just shows the twisted, bizarre nature of Chicago politics and the electoral system and just the contradiction there. You know, the way, the nitty-gritty, dirty way uh, that democracy is operating in the city to sort of, like, discourage people from running. And then just the attitude of the leaders of Chicago also kind of discouraging people from running because they just want to just discourage anybody from challenging uh, just the prevailing mainstream wisdom of having a powerful mayor who controls contracts and having powerful all finance chair of the city council, who is also a property tax lawyer that they can turn to, to get property tax breaks. So on, on one hand, they criticize the machine and the other hand, they take advantage of it. So that's what I wrote about D it's on my mind constantly. Contradictions of Chicago, the city that I've decided to move to. Then vice president Biden called the bill a big effing deal as president. Oh, sorry. I was reading Rahm Emanuel's latest political piece. I don't know, man. It's not that bad. I'm sure it is. It's not that bad. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll I'll just go to one sentence and see how good it is. Uh, Here we go. A decade ago, many would have been hard pressed to argue that good policy was good politics in the case of Obamacare. That's brilliant. Can I just say this? That's just absolutely brilliant. Although I want to just want to point out, that's kind of curious that Rob's suddenly an expert on the Obamacare. Wasn't he the same Obama Emanuel who took the bike ride throughout uh, Wisconsin or Michigan or Michigan, I guess it was, uh, and could not find one person who wanted to talk about Medicare for all? Remember that, D? Remember that? I just find one person. Lake Michigan. Yeah. Okay. Did you find anybody to talk about Medicare for all? Nearly a thousand miles. Okay. Well, the part of the we don't have is where he goes. I couldn't find one person to talk, but now Rob wants to talk about it. I think this is part D. Without my guess is the Rom. Now this is like Rom trying to look all scholarly and like and hope that he'll get uh, picked to be the transportation, you know, like uh, secretary. Like he's really into policy. You know, a policymaker. I'm a really deep thinker, not just a bike rider. Although I am a bike rider too. You know, I do a lot of things, Steve. Wait, how many miles? Nearly a thousand miles. Holy crap, that's a lot of miles. Yeah, a lot of miles. And not one person wanted to talk about Medicare for all. Yeah. Not one, Dave. Yeah, not person. Not, not one, one person wanted to uh, talk to a big sweaty guy with bicycle shorts on yelling at him. <laughs> not one person wanted to, huh. Uh, all right. And by the way, check out the latest column from Ben Jarofsky, uh, the one he was talking about, and future Ben Jarofsky columns at the Chicago Reader, uh, dot com. 
Or you can subscribe to the Chicago Reader and get it sent to you as well. ChicagoReader.com, fantastic publication. And also, be sure to check out this weekend's Benny J bonus interviews, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday morning. We got Scott Duff, the wild man, coming on on Sunday. Oh, and also, we want to mention that City So Real uh, special that we did with Steve James is fantastic. Once you uh, plow through those Benny J bonus interviews, give Steve James a listen. An incredible interview with Steve James. Ben talked one-on-one with him. It was very good. And that's about it. Have a good weekend, everybody.